Welcome to the Spurs 9501 podcast. From Kane to the lane, the final say on all things Tottenham. Hi everybody, this is Mel from Spurs 9501. Great to see you all again, first of all, guys. I'm so sorry I've been off the scene. I had a really bad injury and it really has tested me physically and mentally. But I'm slowly getting back on the mend and it's so wonderful to speak to you guys again. Um, so for many of you know that I've been a lifelong Spurs fan since 1976 was the first match I went to see at Tottenham Hotspur at the old White Hart Lane. And I was only born a few miles away from the stadium. So, you know, it's part of my DNA. It's been part of my blood for many years. And actually in my household, we're split right through the middle. Half are Arsenal supporters, half are Tottenham supporters. So you can imagine what Sunday lunch was like, at our, Sunday dinner was like <laughs> at our house. Um, and my dear mother, I felt sorry for her more than anybody else because uh, she, her agreement was that she would cook the nice meal for the team that lost. So I had plenty of lovely meals from my mother, I can assure you, because we lost a lot. Um, so what a crazy year it's been sporting Tottenham, guys. And um, start of the season, Nuno, um, I didn't really have much hope. And that was no disrespect to Nuno, looking at the current squad at that time. You know, I thought we'd be lucky if we could finish eighth in the league. I thought top half the table would be success. That's how bad I thought it would get. Obviously, Conte arrived, expectations jumped out the ceiling. Um, but one man alone can't change the fortunes of a whole football club. It's, it just can't be put all on Conte. So where are we right now? Guys, first of all, I want to just say, uh, before we talk a few other subjects in this in this video as well, is I want to just say how overjoyed I was that we beat West Ham. Yeah. We have had a terrible season compared against London clubs. And, you know, for us in London, or uh, actually living in the North these days, but it's always bragging rights against, you know, your, your rivals. And we haven't had not much success at all. Um, and I thought the West Ham game was a, was a great performance I felt from the kickoff, we were solid. We showed a sense of urgency. The crowd were right behind us. Phenomenal atmosphere, first of all, guys. And the stadium speaks for itself. Um, but I felt that we were good passing movements, quick with the ball, uh, good formation. And overall, it was a really, really good performance against a very good team. Let's give West Ham a little bit of credit. Uh, I hate to do that, but let's give them a little bit of credit because they're playing a really good, they've had a really good season, guys. You know that and I know that. Uh, they were victory against uh, Seville, who are, what, six times Europa League champions. It was tremendous. And they're doing really well in the league as well. Um, people said they might have been a bit tired. Okay, but we can only play who's in front of us right now. Yeah, and I felt overall, Tottenham gave a really good performance. Uh, I thought Son was exceptional. Uh, he could have scored more. And, you know, it's interesting when Conte was asked, um, sort of, do you, would you consider dropping Son? And he said, are you crazy? And every player, however quality they are, are going to go through moments where they may not look what our expectations are of them or what their expectations are of themselves, guys. And there was a bit of lull moments that Son has had recently where he's looked a bit out of sorts. But I thought the Son was back against West Ham. Um, I thought Harry Kane again was tremendous. You can see, you know, it, it frustrates me when people talk about, you know, uh, Harry Kane needs to be sold or, you know, uh, let Harry Kane go because there's not often you would get a player 
of his magnitude and quality from passing to scoring in your team. You, you just want. And you just think he's the sort of person that you should be building other quality players to match him or to get near his quality. That's where you build a world-class team. So selling him has always been frustrating for me. And the only reason why I thought maybe he should go is not for us, was actually more for him. But that's at the detriment of us as a club, guys. But you can see Harry Kane. I mean, come on. Kevin DeBron. I can never pronounce the guy's name, but you know the Manchester City player. Um, You can see the passing range this guy has. Yeah? Okay. It's phenomenal. Um, The way he's scoring, um, playing fantastic. This is the Harry Kane that we know. This is the, not the one-season wonder. It's like the seven, eight-season wonder, guys. And we've got to do everything in our power to keep Harry Kane and convince him that, you know, going forward, we're going to match his expectations and ambition more than any other player at that club, guys. And we'll talk a little bit more about expectations and going forward from there. But I was overjoyed. I thought we gave a really good performance. I thought it was good spirit as well. And I think, you know, we played well against Brighton, did enough. Did enough in that game. Um, showed enough quality when it was needed. Grinded out a result. Because sometimes you just got to grind out a result, guys. That's that's what football's about. Great teams grind out results. That's what they do. Uh, but I was overjoyed. And it felt nice. I, I was gutted that the international break has come up. Because I thought for a moment we had a little bit of momentum. Um, but all I can hope in the international break, I don't know what you guys think. I just pray always that our players come back fit. Because overall, this team is paper thin in terms of its squad, guys. When I looked at the bench, you know, I thought, well, probably the only person that might make an impact coming on could be Lucas. But there was no other real options that I felt confident with that could change the dynamics of a game. So we know we've got a lot of work to do, guys, going forward. But fantastic. And, you know, we're moving forward. Most importantly, we are definitely progressing. And why do I say we're also progressing is because, you know, guys, in my time watching football, I'm sure you guys will agree as well, it's all about partnerships on that pitch. It's always about partnerships, how the team also transition between the partnerships as well, from defence to midfield to attack. And you can see Romero and Dyer forming a very good partnership at the back. I think they're both slightly different to each other. Romero is definitely a quality player. And can you imagine him in two or three years' time, how good he's going to become? I think Dyer is, is playing well. I think he's solid. I think he, you know, he'll put his head in there, literally, yeah. And, of course, great partnership happening there. And then you've got Ben Davis. Now, people will criticise Ben, but every manager always chooses him, you know, and I think he's doing a fine job in that as that third defender. I think we can always be, have better quality players, and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go on the video. Uh, but there's good signs there. And then you look to the midfield and, you know, I was not sure about Ben Tocor when on many Juventus forums when we signed him. I, I listened to many Juventus experts and a lot of them said, you know, he's not a maestro, he's not a conductor. That was their words, which meant really that he was not going to be someone who's going to be running or passing. They called him a DM. And I think we've seen slight signs that his game can be evolved. Uh, maybe he was not given the, enough run at Juventus, because Juventus obviously is just a quality team. Uh, but you can see little signs, and, and he's a very clever guy, and you can see that he's a, he's a thinker, 
And you can see that he's looking around and you can see what's happening. And he's got a bit of skill, no doubt about him. And I like the partnership with Hoiberg that has been formed with him. And I think Hoiberg, Hoiberg himself has stepped up and his game is slightly improved as well. Because uh, I felt that we really missed Skip. That was probably the player that I felt we've missed the most over the last, I don't know, eight, nine, ten games. But I like that dynamic and that partnership happening there. So it's all about partnerships. And of course, up front, we've got Harry and Son. What more can we say about those two? Prolific, all-time greatest partnership in Premier League history. And our young Swedish land, Kulu, you know, has stepped up, got great quality, uh, is adding to that partnership with Harry Kane and Son. You can see the dynamics happen there between the three of them. And then you've got the wing-backs because, you know, Conte has always stated that wing-backs are very important. That's how he plays his system. And about wing-backs literally scoring from each other. And we saw a goal recently, I think it was Session and Doherty, where they passed to each other from wing-backs, one scored. And that, for me, was probably Conte's perfect scenario of how he wants the team to play. Um, Where are we going forward from this, guys? Because, you know, there's only a few games left of the season um, and I you know there's supercomputers they do their prediction I saw a supercomputer prediction and they had Tottenham down as finishing fifth now at the start of the season under Nuno I thought we'd be lucky to get in the top half I actually thought we'd finish eighth maybe maximum um, obviously expectations went up when when the, the, the legend Conte arrived you know, he's a serial winner um, and I started dreaming of Champions League, but realism kicked in at some stage. And I thought to myself, what would be an acceptable season that I would accept and think, you know what? We did okay. We've improved because that's what it's about, improving all the time. And for me, it was fifth. So I've got a question to ask you is if we don't finish in Champions League, would you see fifth as a disappointing season compared to what we've seen over the last few years and, and, and the real lack of investment in terms of what the players we needed, ready-made players that we needed for our team to grow. Because, you know, I have no issues about buying potential. I have no issues about buying the up-and-coming next future superstar. No, no problems about that. To add to a quality squad. So the expectations from day one are not thrown on a youngster that's been told to come in and perform at the highest level because we need that player to be at that level straight away. Uh, so for me... Going forward in the terms of where we want to take this club, what would you say is a realistic position that you think, yeah, you know what, we didn't do too bad this year? What is that question? What is the answer to that question? Um, Going forward, I looked at the fixture list as well. And, you know, I was looking at the fixture list and, you know, look, this sister season, Tottenham have been accused of inconsistency more than anything else, particularly since the start of the year. But again, I have no issues about inconsistency because it means something is happening, guys. That's what it means. I've been more concerned about how we were playing under Nuno. There was no identity. I know he probably didn't get enough time. We were in work rate was one of the lowest, running on the pitch, one of the lowest. I didn't really know what we were doing. But you can see what Conte is trying to do. And you can see that consistency will come as the team gets a bit better, as they get more confident, as they understand the system plays that Conte wants as well, okay? He, remember, he didn't even have a pre-season with this squad, guys. Let's not forget that, first of all. So I looked at the fixture list coming up, and I thought, you know, where can we finish, guys? We're, we've got a chance of finishing fourth, no doubt about that. 
Um, I saw some of the games, Brentford, Brighton at home, Leicester at home, Villa away, Newcastle at home. We've got a more than 50% chance of winning those games. I'm sure you agree with that. The two games that shone out for me was Liverpool away, which will be tough. But if you told me that Spurs were going to do the double over probably one of the best teams in the world, Manchester City, I would said, what, you, you've been smoking something. Yeah, guys. But we did. So you just never know with Tottenham. Um, but I'm hoping Liverpool kind of drop off from the title race. Uh, so they're out of that. They finish second and they think, you know, we're going to concentrate on Champions League. We're going to concentrate on the other cup tournaments. And they may put a weakened team out when it comes to playing Tottenham. But don't dismiss that we don't get anything from that game. Um, and then we've got that rearranged fixture with Arsenal, which I, I don't know if anyone can tell me when the date is. Someone has told me May the 16th or some, I don't know, some period in May that we may play that rearranged fixture. And that could be a, a, a decider for fourth position. You just never know, guys. And Arsenal are playing very well. They've improved a lot. Um, but there are more tests to come for them. And they've got a few difficult fixtures coming up, no doubt about it. So I think it's game on more than anything else. But what would be acceptable to you? Because um, someone rang me last night and said, oh, now if we don't finish fourth, Conte will be gone. And I said, I disagree. I disagree. I think if we finish fifth in the league, he will take that. Uh, he's already said that going coming fourth would be like winning the Premier League for him at this stage. So we know it's not a, an easy, easy task. Um, I think the decision will come down to is what he sees going forward for the next number of games after obviously the international break, fingers crossed, they all come back safely, first of all. Um, but I think it will come down to what he sees in that January, tra- in, sorry, the, in the summer transfer window. There are so many players out of contract which are quality players. And notoriously, Spurs' net spend on players is way lower than any of the top four or five clubs in the Premier League. Our wage structure, again, is outside the top four or five clubs in the Premier League. It's been like that for, for, for a good decade, guys. You're just going to go online. You'll see the numbers yourself. Numbers don't lie, guys. So we know that the, the investment in terms of wage structure, particularly for these free transfers, we may be paying some serious money. Is Daniel Levy prepared to do that? Will he buy players for Conte that Conte wants, not what Daniel Levy wants, guys? It's not where he should be. Will he buy a player who's maybe 30 years old that Conte wants, that trust, you know, Conte trusts that individual who might be on a £200,000 plus a week already, but has no resale value? That, for me, will be the paradigm shift, as i said many times, that we will find out come the summer. But most importantly is we've got to get behind this team and support them as hard as we can going forward. I definitely feel that we've got a little bit of momentum. I definitely feel there's some good signs happening, no doubt. And come the summer, what is going to be is going to, is going to happen. Many people are telling me that they think Conte will leave and Poch will return. And they said, how would you feel about that? I said, well, I love Poch. After Keith Birkinshaw, Poch is my favourite Spurs manager. But I'd be disappointed because I think you know, we've got a serial winner and we weren't able to achieve anything with him. And that would be disappointing. I have nothing about Poch coming back one day. If one day down the line, three or four years, five years down the line, he comes back and takes over the Spurs job one day, I'd have no issue with that. But right now, I'd be really, really disappointed 
is if Conte is not leading us out next year and he's got the players that he wants to progress and build the club forward in his vision, in his eyes. Uh, and I don't think he's going to take the mickey. I think he's going to be realistic. But again, Spurs have to increase their expectations in terms of wage structure and net spend. Guys, that's what's going to have to happen. And it's all going to come down to the board and Daniel Levy, whether you trust them or not. You know, the record today has not been too good. Uh, but we're going to be focused and, and just be positive and optimistic that going forward, um, ne- even next year, the club's going to go in the right direction. Naming rights still not being sorted out. And, you know, sometimes I look at Daniel Levy as being a real positive influence in the club, but I often see him as a negative influence in the club from, you know, how he does his transfer, how he deals with wage structures for players and and um, when he's buying or selling players, how long the process takes is just incredibly long. And it's another same situation with the naming rights. Now, today, that he's trying to obviously get the best who's holding out for the best deal. Could we have done with that money now? Yeah. If the money in the deal is done come the January, uh, come the summer window, would that help us maybe get a bit more money for players? Will the club be sold? I don't know. You obviously, you know what's happening with Chelsea at the moment. And uh, if I was a supporter, independent supporter, and Chelsea came up and Tottenham came up, even with Tottenham's infrastructure and this beautiful stadium, which club would I be more interested in buying if I was a billionaire, if only I was a billionaire? Um, It would probably be Chelsea. I hate to say that as well, because just their squad alone, um, the trophies they've won, their marketing rights around the world, you know, their image compared to ours. Um, but we are sort of similar in pricing, guys. Now, I know that the stadium puts a big aspect to that that number, um, but Chelsea still look like a better proposition. So I was still thinking to myself that maybe the buyers that miss out on the Chelsea deal may be interested in buying Tottenham. Will Daniel Levy and Joe Lewis sell? I think they will because they're businessmen and they like to make money. And since they've taken over Tottenham, nobody can deny they've not made a lot of profit from us. And, you know, I remember back in the old days, you'd buy a football club and people say, we need to buy a football club to make profit. Well, I'm sorry, these guys did. And it feels like one big sting operation for 22 years. Um, So what will happen in the future? God knows. Will they sell the club? I think they eventually will. Whoever takes over what will be the burden on them. But most importantly, guys, as fans, we're just going to get behind this team. We know we've got some interesting fixtures coming up. There's a, still a possibility that we can get fourth, which you know would be a tremendous season, uh, unbelievable season if that was the case. And then come the summer transfer window, I think we've got to get behind Conte, pray that uh, um, Daniel Levy uh, puts his hand in his pocket pulls out the checkbook and buys exactly what Conte wants, the quality of players that he wants, ready-made players, maybe some younger players, whatever he requires, we've got to get behind this individual because I think the worst thing that will ever happen to us is if Conte walks out the door. We'll just be the laughing stock. We're already often the laughing stock by other fans, so often guys. Uh, but I'm optimistic, and I believe that this is going to be the big paradigm shift in the club. And I believe that uh, we're going to see this year out really, really well. I think in the summer, 
um, more understanding of where, what's happening with the naming rights will be sorted out. I think a decision will be made if the club are going to be sold. Um, and I think Conte is going to be here next year, guys. So let's keep going forward. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. It's so super to be back talking to you guys. Please don't forget to subscribe or like this video. As I said, it helps us with the algorithm. Keep up to date with all the notifications and potential promotions coming up as well. That were promos that we're going to be having as well, guys. God bless you and your families. Keep safe. Come on, you Spurs. Here we go. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Take care. You've been listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Stay in touch, continue the debate, and let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening.